Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Where do you want to start today, David? A lot to get to. What? Would you indulge me for just a second? Of course. Sorry, there's a lot of other stuff to get to, but... So you got this FTX collapse going on, this cryptocurrency exchange where they they stole people's money. Yes, that's the easiest way to understand. That's what happened. They transferred billions of dollars into a hedge fund, and that hedge fund lost all this money. Someone made a lot of it, and everybody else was left holding the bag. Now, these people were big players in politics, particularly for the Democratic Party, donating millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. Is it true the only one who donated more was George Soros? Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's well, a depending lot of money. On, yeah, depending on what cycle you're looking at. I know there are some yeah. people who are like, well, actually, okay, no, right, okay. Know. Yeah. donating millions of dollars yes. to support the Democratic Party. Curly, black-haired, dorky-looking dude. They were darlings of the political left. Yes. And his mousy girlfriend, I forget her name now. She, you've probably seen her photos, and there are some odd, yeah. I'll just say, stories about what they were doing in the Bahamas together. I mean, they were like Scrooge McDuck on other people's money, but doing the backstroke in each other's arms. Um there were orgies going on yes, with all these were. people. Yeah, yes, there were. It was pile very jumping very going on. on. There's like 15 people all living in the same place. Yeah. They're having sex with one another. Yeah, it's not like you would think. Usually, as some you know exotic locale, there's all these people. It's like some reality show. Mm-hmm. Now you would never cast these people on that show because no one wants to see that ever with these no. particular people. It's yeah. like Revenge of the Nerds getting after it. <laughs> but they yeah. did have like a wrestling ring in there, and they. Uh, <laughs> Jumped off the top ropes right, right into these yeah. huge piles of I didn't people. see so, that video. Yeah, I didn't right. see any video, Scott. Yeah. So Forbes. Sun only fans. No, oh, by geez. the way, there is a rumor that there is a video that's going to be leaked, and I don't want to see it. It's like, what a terrible time to have sight. Um, now, <laughs> now, Forbes, which named this lady, Caroline Ellison, the mousy girlfriend, to their yeah. 30 under 30 list. Darling. Of not only liberals, but of uh, the financial sector, because they were major disruptors in how the market worked, right? Okay. So their, their story today reads, Alameda Research, that's the, the other company, uh, Alameda Research CEO Caroline Ellison is a math whiz who loves Harry Potter and taking big risks. She is also one of the supporting players in Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX catastrophe and a new darling of the alt-right. As, as soon as this house of cards starts to collapse, all these liberals in media and in politics are now going to start saying, well, not with us. Alt-right, okay? Peppy the Frog and whatnot. That's her. Come on. What the hell, man? No, no, no. So all of a sudden, and what? Uh, and probably a member of the Proud Girls. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? The alt-right. Okay. 
Okay, so I understand why that irritates All you. All right, sorry. That's it. Thank you for indulging me. Yeah. By no. the way, she has uh, allegedly been spotted arm-in-arm uh, arm with Pete Davidson now. Right. <laughs> He's going to settle no, down. No, that's and make the other it. model chick. <laughs> Who is with Pete Davidson now? And now they're saying Pete Davidson really did the ex-husband wrong because they were buddies. Who cares? He's not a closer. Uh, he's Pete. not a starter. He's the middle reliever. We all know it. Well, he's part of the alt-right, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're just throwing anything that sticks, aren't you? You don't yeah. care. You don't care. No. Okay. So, in this crazy world that we're living in, we need to understand this, you're telling me, David? We need to take away free speech to protect people. Yes. And who said that? Senator Amy Klobuchar. Oh, boy. Megan one. Hey, wait a second. You yeah. guys both said she was attractive a couple of years ago. Well, I, you're, you're both on record as saying it. That I, sticks did to I you say now. that? I don't know. I don't yes. remember. I, I think I said did. I had the hots for her, and that still stands, honestly. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't agree with her politics. I'm just saying D.C. grandma hot, D.C. aunt hot. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand it. <laughs> that That's is fine. creepy. You can be wrong. That's okay. It's, free country. it's not right or wrong. wrong, it's taste. And if you like chicken neck, that's fine. You got some sort of fetish there, that's your deal, man. It's personal taste. <laughs> not my neck. thing. Like Uncle Eddie at the uh, Thanksgiving table. Clark, <laughs> save the neck for me. <laughs> what is Amy Klobuchar saying? Anyway, she's making one heck of a case that because Elon Musk bought Twitter, the government should be in the business of punishing speech. What? Okay, roll this. Go ahead. Uh, we have uh, no rules when it comes to do they get to keep their immunity when they're actually amplifing hate speech right. and misinformation yeah. and making money off it. It is one thing when someone just posts something and sends an email, puts something out there, and you own a company on which they did it. It is another when you are amplifying it and making exactly. money off it. There are ways, as other countries have done, that we could put rules in place. So I think this should be a major focus for the Congress next year. Um, like, like you want to mimic laws like in the UK where you can get arrested if you misgender someone on social media? Up yours. No, this is America. Right. No. Oh my gosh. I thought she was a centrist. Right. <laughs> That's how they sold her. Yeah. Wow, man. That's just crazy to me. But I mean, as far as the whole free speech thing is going... Honestly, where we're at right now, say 10 years ago, would you ever think we're at where we are right now, 10 years ago? No, where they're no. actively saying, hey, we have a responsibility to crack down on speech like this using the actual uh, powers of government. We're openly talking about it, not some like behind the scenes thing, but yes. openly talking about passing laws similar to what's, what exists in Europe and the UK. Yes, no, I, I I thought it'd be a few more years before people started going down that road. But one of the scariest things about it is you have so many people under the age of, say, 30 mm -hmm. that agree. Yeah. Because the indoctrination has been going on for a long time of what's been taught in school yeah. now for decades. And the whole pride in America and understanding free speech, it's not there. It, that's one of the terrifying things. Okay. Let's move on to Joe Biden and Saudi Arabia. This is something, huh? Yeah, well, he's still sucking up to the Saudis because he wants them to kick off oil production in order to bring down the price of gas still domestically. Uh, and now he has declared that the crown prince is immune from lawsuits related to his role in the murdering of Jamal Khashoggi, the columnist that no one ever heard of 
until he got dismembered by Saudi thugs back in 2018. That's probably true. Now, Khashoggi's fiance is trying to sue the crown prince, and Biden said, no, nah, you can't. And in fairness, that is in keeping with American diplomacy, because this is the real world, well, real world boys and girls. I mean, sometimes you got to partner with some really bad dudes in order to, I guess, achieve the greater good. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but that is the real world. Yes. The, what is so frustrating about the current situation is we shouldn't need Saudi Arabia. No. We should be energy independent, but we're not. Yeah. Now, what makes this legitimately scandalous, though, is because of what Joe Biden said when he was running for president. Here's the flashback of that. Yes. President Trump has not punished senior Saudi leaders. Would you? Yes. And I said it at the time. Khashoggi was, in fact, murdered and dismembered. And I believe in the order of the crown prince. And I would make it very clear, we were not going to, in fact, sell more weapons to them. We were going to, in fact, make them pay the price and make them, in fact, the pariah that they are. Yeah, but There's very little social redeeming value of the, in the present uh, government in Saudi Arabia. But they have oil. And I would also, as pointed out, I would end, end the subsidies that we have, end the sale of material to the Saudis, where they're going in and murdering children, and they're murdering innocent people. And so they have to be held accountable. Oh, jeez. True international average of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. How's we, that working out? We now know what that word means. That means we just lied to all of you, and we're going to go ahead and... Uh, be the Saudi crown prince's testicle caddy because mm -hmm. we don't want to produce more oil here at home. That's right. I think Hallmark's got a card for that. <laughs> Dear testicle caddy. Dear testicle caddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's four different jokes, and I'm moving on from I told you, all I was of in them. a mood today. Yeah. yeah, I can see, man. I like it. I'm not complaining. Um, all right. We heard some different bullcrap yesterday with Nancy Pelosi after she is stepping down <laughs> from leadership. Uh, but she led us out of our darkest hour. Who said this? Yeah. <laughs> America's losing a hero as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is preparing to step down from leadership role in the Democratic Party. <laughs> this is Representative Veronica Escobar on MSNBC. <laughs> Oh, dear goodness. Someone who who leads us in a way that is about the children. You know, her mantra was, it's for the children. She always had her eye on the impact that our work could make on the most vulnerable among us and the future generations. I will never... That's why she kept them out of school. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I will never forget, and I hope the history books write this down. Mm. Um, sh the, during our darkest hour on January 6th, it was Speaker Pelosi. What? who led our nation out of that darkness she was cool she was ill-prepared she <laughs> had the intel before it ever happened it was planned you dope she was cool calm collected and she was the patriot that our nation needed especially Golly. in that moment um, she really is in my view uh, an american hero 
Okay, is that one of those things where it's tongue-in-cheek as she's delivering that, and then when it's done, she goes back behind closed doors with other people and they laugh their butts off? Please tell me that, or she has no soul. No, that's a hostage video, what you just saw there, because she is an up-and-comer in the Democratic Party, and Nancy Pelosi still has the ability to break her. And then also, she probably knows that Nancy Pelosi hired that dude to go, you know, hit Paul Pelosi with that hammer. Do we know anything else about no. that? Is that story just going to go away no, now? Just my personal theory is that Nancy Pelosi ordered the hit on her own husband, and yeah. Veronica Escobar knows that and says, "Oh gosh, no, I don't think." I, I mean, I know you believe that, or at least you're going to say you believe that because it's funny. Either way, said language has no use anymore. Darkest hour. Oh my goodness! Come on, you whiz. <sighs> All right. But anyway, we are not going to know for a while what happened with the freak, mm-hmm. the pape, what's going on. Yeah. It's something not quite right. Yeah. And why is it still, no one cares, that the cops in San Francisco and the DOJ have two different stories. Yeah. And the local NBC affiliate is reporting different than NBC National. Yes. And Miguel Armaguer has been, I mean, turfed, not <laughs> totally fired, but he, we, we don't know what happened to him. Almaguer is uh, in hiding right now. He drove by a Home Depot and just started sweating bullets because he knew hammers were in there. Probably. And he knew that Nancy was not one to be trifled with. She was. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Selling chamois on QVC next week. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, World Cup. Why do I bring up the World Cup? I I know you don't care. I don't care. Although you are wearing a soccer jersey today. Well, it's a queen shirt. Well, I understand, but it's a soccer jersey. It just it happens to be a, a queen soccer jersey. Old racing jersey, but go ahead. Okay. Either way, I thought you were just... I'm not a soccer so... guy, no. Okay. Um, well, I know you used to be a beer guy, and you had no problem spending a lot of money on beer at games, but you won't be able to do it in Cutter. Yeah. David, that's the story, right? Well, you got to yeah. watch soccer without beer? Yeah. Initially, oh, initially, they were going to allow it, and, of course, very conservative Islamic nation... Uh, They were going to allow it in the venue where the games were actually being played, but now with 48 hours to go before the games get started, the nation has said, yeah, we're not going to allow you to sell beer. Now, if you're in the luxury suites, you can still have champagne, whiskey, beer, whatever, but if you're one of the regular rubes, no beer for you. You commoners, you people get out of control, you soccer nuts. You get all drunk (laughs) and stuff. Not here. Unreal. (laughs) More on that a little bit later. Okay. Uh, and oh, Michelle Obama's really got Van Camp pissed off. We got to get to that too coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, Michelle Obama. She has some people upset. Dude, this is so nauseating. (laughs) Former First Lady Michelle Obama claims that even though America voted for her husband to be president twice, we're all still too racist to be trusted to accept her natural hair. She wanted to wear braids, but she's oppressed and, and couldn't wear braids because America just wasn't ready for it. Racist! You know that. Two racists. Yeah. 
talked about it. People would have freaked out and said, no, we won't have it in this country. Look at the braids on the first lady. We quit. We want him impeached. (laughs) What does she think would have happened? I don't know. She was fawned over by every fashion magazine that exists. Oh, yeah. She could do no wrong. Everyone loved her. She was elegance and grace and everything. But she thinks that the braids would have been too much, and she just couldn't do it because people weren't ready. Not her fault. Yeah. You made a comment, David, that's really true, how little she thinks of people in America. Yeah. Well, and I and listen, I, 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 if, if she really believed that, and I don't think she does believe that, but if she really believed that, then she would be one of the weakest human beings on the planet. And I don't think she is one of the weakest human beings on the planet. Um, no, she's just a race hustler. I, I think that's that's it. And she doesn't. It's not that she thinks so little of conservatives or white people. It's that she thinks so little of the people that she is selling books to, that she would lie to them like that. That she would say, you know, I wanted to have. I got I got braids now, but mm. you know, I didn't have braids when we were in the White House because America just wasn't ready for that. Says who? That's just such well, that's, garbage. It's always like things people never said. <laughs> That that are extrapolated, like, but 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 this happened, or and it didn't. Nobody ever said it, dude. She did say she was worried for her daughter's safety because of racism. I know. I mean, dude. Ooh, buddy. I mean, that is rivaling LeBron. Yeah. yeah. You know, being afraid when he drives his car in L.A. because of cops. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And she was the whole mostly peaceful, in the summer of 2020 and it's racist to suggest otherwise mm-hmm. go away already what else do you want haven't you sold enough books enjoy martha's vineyard go away goodness gracious anything else you want to get to on michelle obama no uh, well i did think it was funny that cnn's allison camarada says that she knows the struggle what about braids <laughs> about about natural hair did you see this no, no. yeah frowny frownerson yeah Okay, do we have audio of this? Yeah. Okay. Okay, roll it. Let's hear this. I totally get it. I think I, I understand that. I think she's right. Yeah. What? Um, I often feel America can't handle my natural hair either. I mean, I think, <laughs> I, honestly, I think that we are. Very all, different, uh, but I hear you. Sort of, except that I think black, white, male, female, mm-hmm. we all conform to established <laughs> beauty standards. We just do. It's hard to break out of those. She's, oh, <laughs> you're stealing <laughs> racism away from Michelle now. <laughs> that's, that's white that, privilege. That's what I said. That's, yeah. that's victimhood blackface. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to show up with cornrows tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Victimhood. God. Blackface. Van Camp's on a roll, man. This is a special day. Okay, much more to get to. Uh, yes, news update next. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Asher, David Van Camp, Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, 
I saw the video of this. David, you have an update. That guy that ran over a bunch of police recruits, he's out of jail? Yeah, 22-year-old guy mowed down dozens of L.A. sheriff's uh, recruits on purpose with his SUV. Several were critically injured, and he's been released from jail. He's out. Where are we? <laughs> Nicholas well, Joseph Gutierrez. Well, his attorney is arguing it was an accident, right? Well, and, and the thing is... Some sort of medical thing or whatever? Maybe, but I mean, dude, yeah. if you've seen the video, I mean, it's yes, a horror I saw the video. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, I know. And uh, anyway, though, but under California law, uh, the police have only like 48 hours to come up with what they're going to charge him with. And right now, local law enforcement authorities say, well, we're not prepared to present the case to the district attorney. So we had to let him out because he wasn't officially under arrest or arraigned. uh, So he was just being detained at the time. It's so frustrating on so many levels. You know, I don't know how to say it other than we have so many people, it feels like they're in jobs that should never be in those jobs. And we've talked to different people. It's not just over the last few weeks. It's over the last, it seems like, few years of just people talking about officials that can't believe they're in the jobs that they're in because yeah. they're not very good at them. And we see it right in front of our eyes in D.C. all the time. But the fact that this person is out of jail, it leaves most of the public scratching their head going, where, where are we right now? What is that? that this is what restorative justice looks like. Gosh, it looks dang, like man. pro-criminal, not pro-justice. All right, and totally switching gears to something else. As far as the elections in Arizona, it looked like heading into that election, Carrie Lake was going to win the governorship. Yes. That was the polling. And as you've explained this before, David, even though the polling going in could have been right, she still didn't win. How? You can explain this better than me. Well, not not so much for governorships. That was more on the uh, on the congressional races, where the way that districts are char- are are chopped up. Even though every district actually did go more to the right, more mm-hmm. towards Republicans, the way that districts are uh, are uh, carved up in different states, uh, the Republicans just barely won the House. So, so how do you explain the Kerry Lake thing? The Kerry Lake thing. Uh, Again, I don't know how decisively uh, the polling predicted that Carrie Lake was going to win. So I we mean, were hearing ten points at one point that she was up. Yeah, so oh I, yeah, yeah. I mean that that ten point gap was probably always a mirage. But even but, three to five, yeah, it, it was a big shock to a lot of people. It seemed like there was a lot of momentum. Okay, so we're not actually in Arizona. We have friends in Arizona, of course. But you're not quite sure what happened. But it seems like, as far as a national spotlight, it's off of Arizona. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Not hearing anything anymore. But you probably saw this story. Um, They had complaints the other night, and they actually uh, aired them. Well, at first they tried to put it on YouTube, and then the YouTube feed went down. Really? (laughs) It's almost like they ran out of printers. It, it, which is what happened during the election. So anyway, they aired you know some public comments. So a couple of things to play real quick and we'll move on. 
But it, it was the Fox outlet in Arizona where I saw part of the story that talked about this. And I thought this part was interesting. Steve, Kerry Lake hasn't conceded the race. So there is still apparently a fight to be had here. Is that, am I reading that right? Oh, that's what her supporters would certainly say. And uh, at this county supervisor's meeting, they heard a lot of complaints from some of her supporters. This is nothing new for the supervisors. They've been dealing with similar complaints like this for the last two years. This time, a lot of the shouting came about the printer problems on Election Day. They're claiming that it disenfranchised voters. Well, and you remember part of what they were talking about. Because are you supposed to stay in line? Well, part of the people were told to go to another polling place. They go to the other polling place. They're like, no, it's already saying that you already voted. Mm -hmm. So then you had to go back to the other place. And it was a huge issue. No one really seems to care anymore on a national level. But locally, um, you know, you had different people stand up saying, hey, th this is a little bit different. There was one lady in the comments I thought was really interesting. I'll just play you a little clip of her. Now, I'm coming at this from a little bit different standpoint. I really appreciate you opening comments because last time in 2020, you shut us all out and wouldn't listen to them. And you definitely did not listen to any, respond to any of the emails I gave you. I don't okay. think you responded to anybody. So you really shut us out. This year we had eyes on everything and everybody's watching everything and that's why you have everybody standing up. I come at this from a little bit different perspective because I think you guys have put 100% trust, blindful trust into the people, the fox that's guarding the chicken house. Okay. You have an office for them in the Maricopa County office and they are the ones that set the machines, they're the ones that program everything. and. As a former programmer myself, I can tell you there's no such thing as a glitch. Those things are done, the machines are programmed the way they're told to do it. Okay, are you familiar with this part of the story? How much you're scratching in the actual box? Yeah. Because for a while it was, well, you scratch in part of it, it'll count. But that changed. Yeah. The printer, when we were, right. or the scanner, when I was there, I asked the poll worker what... Um, was causing it to kick out. And they said, oh, well, it's because your bubble's not filled in enough, or it might have too many excess on the outside. I'm looking at my thing and I'm thinking, wow, who changed the settings on it? Because last time they were wildly, the box was huge that you could scribble in and it still be accepted. So there's a lot of confusion about that. So you have different people saying, hey, this is a problem. It should be more uniform. This is what happened to all these votes. A guy that was running for office saying, I don't understand it. Every exit poll saying, I'm going to be up, you know, 56%. It never showed up, even though most Republicans were going to vote day of election. Just different things like that. Okay, now back to the Fox 10 report. Fox. Okay. And how does this jag frame it himself? A few dozen election deniers launched verbal attacks on the board and Chairman Bill Gates for the election, most focusing on printing issues that required several thousand voters to place ballots securely in a box, the so-called Box 3. It temporarily led to longer lines at some location. Temporarily? Yeah. Dude, that mess was happening day of election. That was oh, yeah. reported early on. Yeah. Uh, some election deniers showed up to complain. Mm -hmm. We're sitting so that's here what talking it is. You're about saying this. This, is, this is BS what went down here, and you're an election denier. Well, we're sitting here talking about this, and we're also talking about putting ballots in box three. The hell is going on?
What do you mean box three? How many you people had, have multiple boxes to put ballots it's in? It's so gosh dang frustrating. You it's had a couple insane. of years to figure it out, yes. man. Goodness it's gracious. not like the night before you went, oh, hey, there's an election tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. I mean, this is ridiculous. Why are we? I can't even believe the pushback that there is any. Like, well, we did the best we could. And, you know, it, there was, everything was secure and everything was fine. Yeah, it's, the entire country's numbers are in except yours. Well, people, this is why people don't trust it, man. Golly, well, in in a time of heightened distrust, this is the shenanigans you pull. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Uh, real quick, I thought this was a pretty good stroke there from Ron DeSantis. He's talking about you know after the hurricane in Florida. They were able to rebuild stuff in a hurry. Yeah, that one bridge was like three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was you know a press conference, and he's talking about you think New York can do that with all the bureaucratic nonsense going yeah. on. When you you talk about okay, here's the difference between the two. I thought this was pretty well done. Florida's an example that you know what you can get the big things right. You can get things <laughs> right. Imagine if you had a bureaucracy and leadership like they did in New York. Would that bridge have been fixed in three days? Is there anybody here that thinks that bridge would have been fixed in three days with that bureaucratic mindset? Of course it wouldn't have. If anyone does believe that, please talk to me after this, because I have oceanfront property I would like to sell you in Arizona. (laughs) It's pretty good. It all ties back to Arizona, doesn't it? Maybe you can fix the voting there too, Ron. That would be excellent. You seen more of the polls that have Trump and DeSantis against one another? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen many, no. Really? No, I have not personally, no. What have you seen, David? Oh, it it has very rapidly flipped from Trump being the top guy to DeSantis being the top guy. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where all it all falls out. Yeah, I'm almost afraid to look at him now. What do you mean? Well, they were so wrong. Oh, you're just talking about polling Weeks, in general. Yeah, just the whole thing. I'm, so you're not putting any... I just kind of ignore them until it's closer to crunch time. Well, from this poll, Rasmussen's saying 50% of Republicans don't want Trump to run? I think it probably are, yeah. A lot. I, I do actually buy that number. Not saying, oh, we're the losers in the never-Trump crowd or whatever, but saying, yeah, come on, Don. Let's, let's try to get some fresh blood out there. Uh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, dude, before any of this started, that's why the one day I was like, hey, hit Robbins up on Facebook. I'm curious where you're at. Well, a lot of people did. Well, at that time, it was pretty much all DeSantis. I don't think that's reality. I think you have Trump diehards that think he is the guy that it has to be him that's going to turn the country around. I get it. And I'll always say, if Trump is the nominee, I'll vote for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My fear is, like I've said before, I don't know that he can win. Well, that's that's you got to get independence. You got to get people that had voted for him before and now totally shied away from him the second time and now want nothing to do with him. And you wonder how much that's damaged goods. But DeSantis, yeah, it, the whole thing's flipped. Yeah, in a hurry. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, want to ask you guys your opinion on if this guy's overextending himself now. The dude that caught Aaron Judge's sixty-second home run ball. Mm-hmm. Was offered three million bucks. Turned it down. Holding out for more money. 
That's as I understand it. Or does he just want to be one of these guys that's like, no, I just want to hang on to it. Oh, you mean a dork like I mean a, a guy, a collector like you? I know a dork like me. Yeah, that's all right. You can say that. I don't care. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I don't uh, know for why. For three million I said bucks, that, I'm Scott. selling it though. I know why you said it because it's true. <laughs> Are you telling me right now if you had that ball, you would not sell it for? Oh, I said 3 I million? would sell it for three million dollars. Heck yeah, I'd sell it. Yeah. Would you sell it for a million? Yes. Five hundred thousand? Yes. You would. Yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, that's going to help my life a lot. Yeah. Hundred thousand. Got to consider it. Wow! No, I think in other things that you I wouldn't think if sell. It's, I think if it's a hundred thousand, though, I'm going to wait because it's going to do nothing but go up. <laughs> the look on Van Camp's face is killing me. Yeah, yeah it's very funny. Okay, um, so three million not enough for this guy. Now, the the highest price baseball ever sold was the McGuire seventieth in 1998. That sold for three point zero five million. That's Seth MacFarlane that bought that. I think it was. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Oops. That one kind of turned around bad. Three million yeah. holding out. Yeah. Well. Wow. I suppose he figures, well, what's it going to go down? A million dollars? I'll still get two, I guess. Yeah. Well, it could know, go man. up. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'd take that money. Okay. So North Korea is up to their tricks again. We'll get to that in another news update straight ahead. Right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Little Rocket Man's up to do it again. Is that what's going on, David? Yeah, North Korea fired an intercontinental ballistic missile that landed near Japanese waters on, uh, well, I guess today, local time. Uh, and, well, it's the second major weapons test. And apparently this type of missile that they threw up into the air could hit anywhere on the mainland United States. Okay. I'm a rocket man. So the chubby little nut job is at it again. Rocket man. Boy, it used to be, doesn't it seem, that something like this happened. The freak out was on. It was yeah. the lead story everywhere. And now it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's doing it again, well, so what? Well, now it's because they can't use it to say that Donald Trump failed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. Man, he got together with him, and he normalized it, and they became these great friends, and blah, blah, blah. You go, oh, yeah, they, they couldn't wait to get together I again or something. I remember all that. <laughs> Why does that still kill me? That <laughs> just cracks me up, man. <laughs> the second one's probably better. <laughs> oh, Wherever <yeah>. you go. <laughs> I saw this on a lighter note. It depends on, I guess, how you see a lighter note. A lot of people getting together with family next week for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, At least half of us have a family member we'd like to ban from the holidays. Yep. Are you saying there is one? I'm not worried about it because I won't be dealing with this particular person anyway. So the answer then is yes, there is a person. Yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. David? Don't want to go Confession Friday here? Depending on who is actually going to be, or whose house is is the hosting house, I'd like to ban myself from it. 
<laughs> See? David's onto something. I don't know. All you I've have been... to do is make a couple of jackass comments and you're done. Dude, dude it happened to me when I was in middle school. I think I've told what? this story before. I was at a Thanksgiving dinner at a family member's house and uh one of the family members they made some like green bean casserole and oh, yeah. they offered it to me. I'm like twelve. I and remember. This adult, adult human being. Uh, offers some to me, and I say, no, thanks, I don't really care for green bean casserole. She cried and ran out yelling, you ruined Thanksgiving, and then locked herself in the bathroom for like an hour. I'm 12. It doesn't matter if you're 22, 32, 82. That person needs freaking help. (laughs) I'm here to help, not to hurt. You're psycho. Yeah, the, What's wrong with you? Yeah, the Thanksgiving get-together has never really been a, a, a... I haven't been a big fan of it since then. I'll just say that. The, can you even get to the point now where you can joke about it? Hey, remember that time about the green bean casserole? Oh, no, because she still thinks she was right. Oh, my gosh. Can you give me your number? I want to send her a picture <laughs> of green bean casserole and me throwing up on it. Big line across it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, something that people say we take very seriously in this country. It's said, I mean, by pretty much everyone. Freedom. Mm -hmm. We take it very seriously. I guess until it comes to speech now. Freedom! (laughs) It's no more that! You can't say freedom anymore. No. (laughs) Now it's problematic, freedom. Uh, Uh, Yeah, left-wing Senator Ed Markey says he wants to go after Elon Musk in Twitter because a reporter Uh, created a fake uh, fake account for him on Twitter, and he's very mad about this. Oh, my gosh, all the blue check stuff. One of my favorite lines that I keep hearing over and over again about Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter and the hiccups of Twitter blue and all of this stuff is hearing reporters say with a straight face, Twitter is no longer an accurate source of information. <laughs> it has never been. No, of course not. <laughs> That's I mean, so funny. I yeah. mean, if you see something on Facebook yeah. or Twitter, you should probably do a little extra digging before taking it as gospel. Unreal. Man. <laughs> but, so we're going to hear from Ed here? Yeah, Ed wants the federal government to crack down on Twitter. And that goes for safety rules in your vehicles, and it also goes for guardrails. Uh, that have to be built around social media sites that are... That's the accent, Scott. Yeah. I thought he said guardrails no, for a yeah. second. Guardrails. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I could just see the bubble above your head going, yeah. oh, he's saying guard. Okay. Guardrails. Guardrails. It's the accent, yes. Are allowing for 
uh, Twitter for $8 to give someone an ability to impersonate who they are. And they could be impersonating the fact that they're the CDC or Eli Willie or yes. uh, Lily or a United States senator. Yes. That is not permissible. And they would pay, they will pay a price if they don't put safeguards in place at Twitter. You know, it used to be funny when they did that to the Republican people, but now right. it's happening to us and dude, we don't like it. Dude, they people would fall for that crap all the time without the blue check thing going <laughs> on. If you just kind of have like there's there's a, uh, a parody account of the BBC. Mm-hmm. I think they spell breaking wrong. It's like break, nag, news, or something like that. But there are actual journalists who retweet that without question, without even looking for the blue check because right. they get fooled by it because they see that. I mean, that impersonation has happened constantly on social media, on whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and, and sure, those companies can do, or probably should, for their own sake, do what they can to clear up those messes when they come up, but mm-hmm. that's not really for the federal government to, to, uh, to decide, because what they're really saying is journalists are too freaking stupid to actually double-check something on Twitter before sharing it unquestioningly. Yes, and now that we're not quite sure about Elon Musk, we had all other big tech under our thumb, Mm -hmm. and now we're not too sure about this guy, and that makes us a little nervous. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. I would suggest godrails are probably better. (laughs) I would say so, too. Yeah. (laughs) Those are liable to bite back when you touch them. Yep. Oh, speaking of godrails. Yeah. Switching gears to a completely different story. This is interesting. And all I could think when I read this story was, this person's 32 years old. What about when you're 14? Mm-hmm. And this is a detransitioner story from Oregon. Um, this is Camille Keifel, and she is suing, uh, wow, a social worker, a therapist, and the respective clinics in Oregon for overlooking her mental health challenges and fast-tracking her non-binary double mastectomy surgery. Oh, my. Yeah. So, you know, with a lawsuit like that, I've said this many times, David, I know you have a better sense of law, and so do you, Scott. I'm always interested in this stuff, but I don't know how much of a case is there or not. But it's interesting. Um, Eiffel testified at a hearing saying, I was 30 and at the end of my rope when I transitioned. At the time, I believed I was non-binary. I struggled with severe mental illness and um, suicide. She is suing a social worker and a mental health therapist, as well as their respective Portland-based gender clinics, Brave Space Oregon, and the Quest Center for Integrative Health. Okay, so it goes like this. After a 40-minute video call um, with the social worker and health therapist, Um, there was a letter written of recommendation for her to undergo chest reconstruction surgery. Okay. So in the 13-page complaint, it alleges that the defendants transgressed the bounds of socially tolerable conduct by abusing their positions of trust and authority by facilitating unnecessary, irreversible treatment without consideration of Keifel's mental health issues. Okay. So Keifel did an interview with the Daily Wire and said that after a traumatic childhood event, she felt discomfort with her breasts and her hips and began to dress 
androgynously as a form of escapism. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just uh, more masculine. Said that should have been a red flag, yet within months of requesting top surgery, it was performed on her because she was introduced to gender ide- uh, identity ideology in 2010 while she pursued a women's studies minor in college and then in 2016 began to identify as non-binary after seeing a gender-affirming therapist. Said she spent much of her childhood suffering from anxiety and depression, which persisted into adulthood and led to suicidal ideation. So in 2020, she started to feel that if she had her breasts removed, that would eliminate her mental and emotional distress. The request was granted in just a few months' time after making the initial inquiry, despite the fact that she never took testosterone or believed herself to be transgender. You usually don't see the story like that. It's usually someone talking about transgender. Uh, But the complaint states that even though Keifel's desire for chest reconstruction was based on individual identity, described as absence of femininity and desire for a more androgynous look, her care team proceeded with the life-altering, physically damaging, irreversible operation. So she's saying they should have known that I had mental health issues. I wasn't identifying as trans. That's irreversible. I shouldn't have done it. I had mental health issues. And they should have known that uh, she was a high-risk candidate for regretting or not benefiting from undergoing a double mastectomy for the purpose of gender affirmation. So when you hear that, what do you, what do you think? I mean, it, I think I fully support the lawsuit. I don't know how successful it'll, it'll right. be. Mm-hmm. Because if you are an adult and you I say, have. hey, I want to go get this... The question yeah. is, what was that 40-minute conversation like? What Was somebody pushing you to do it without doing a real thorough investigation into your mental health? You know, how much of it is on you um, and how much of it is on the provider? You know, those are, those are the questions that need to get sussed out and answered in court, hopefully, before anybody gets any damages for it. But I think these lawsuits need to be filed. They need to be, this needs to be litigated, uh, not necessarily even for any one individual. But you hear from people like Chloe Cole, who is a very high-profile detransitioner, who says, you know, it really isn't about me. It is about making sure that nobody else does this, especially kids. That's the thing. That's why I think, you know, for I wouldn't be all that surprised if in this particular case there's a judgment that's rendered that says, well, you know, uh, you're an adult. You consented to this, right. mm-hmm. so it's kind of on you. Your your regret is your regret, unless you can prove there was some sort of medical malpractice going on. I mean, th- this isn't. I mean, I don't know if you, if you, if you got breast augmentation, for example, and then regretted it, would you be able to go and sue your plastic surgeon? Well, and the answer is no. Right. I mean, that, yeah. you kind of you took that on, unless they did something wrong, right, physically to you. Uh, so I, I I don't know, but I think this stuff needs to get tested constantly. Yeah. Right now, I, well, there's a difference, man, between getting bigger boobs and saying I want this because of this traumatic thing that happened when I was yeah. a kid, and I've been dealing with this for a long time. Like you said, there may she may not win the suit, but all I can think seeing that whole story is you think there's a lawsuit with a 32 year old? You just yeah. wait. Oh yeah, what I, they're doing to kids right now. I wonder with the psychologist specializing in if they're not i hate to say this but if they're all not kind of running from the same place 
like the surgeons and the hospitals and the, the people that consult oh, oh psychological true, examinations yes. from these people who are yeah. like, well, yes, of course you need to have it's this. It's a multi-billion dollar business. Right. You know, and, that to me is fraudulent. Yeah, and, and on the flip side, I mean, how how different is this from, you know, this these kind of cases come up from time to time. It's like a... a High school football team might have a, uh, a particular doctor they want to send a kid to, uh, you know, to get yeah. a little bit of go right. juice, you know, mm-hmm. get, or, or they they've got an injury and they can get some painkillers, things like that. Sounds like you're speaking from experience. Well, maybe, um, you know, maybe there was a maybe there was a certain medical outfit, Doctor T's, in <laughs> Southwest Houston, that yeah. I might have gone to to get some yeah. painkillers for a bum ankle. Oh yeah. Heels. Yeah. We gotta get back on the field. We right. gotta play. Yeah. I don't give a and you I, gotta play. And I'm not bitter about that at all. Um no. <laughs> of course not. But yeah, you know, but I, I mean We gotta move on now, okay. Hoppy. Just kidding. <laughs> Joke. He, he doesn't hop. Hoppy. He doesn't hop. No. He, Slight limp. He drags the foot. But yeah. He does it, you know. Draggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. No, I had to get to the Jeopardy story. Is this a joke? Did this really happen? This is hilarious. Uh, Funny viral moment from Jeopardy where they were bringing up uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the newest Supreme Court justice. Yes. Oh, okay. Roll it. She's the first black woman on the Supreme Court and the first justice to have been a federal public defender. That's Justice Jackson, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Yeah, nobody got it. Oh, my goodness, Uh, dude. How is that possible? It's everywhere. The CNN morning crew was very upset. About this, by the way. Don oh. Lemon, Caitlin Collins, and Poppy Harlow. Very Here we go. If you're standing outside of a mall or whatever, people may not know. When they do the man on the street yeah, thing, yeah. yes. But when you're s- smart enough to be a contestant on Jeopardy. You've got to know about current events to be yeah. on Jeopardy. Maybe not any successful and, and, and history-making ones. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, I don't know, Don. Why don't you take on those Jeopardy contestants and see how you do? I bet you get smoked, you loser. To me, I just wonder if, you know, because Katanji Brown-Jackson doesn't necessarily roll off the tongue, nothing against her, but I I wonder if there weren't three contestants saying, I don't want to mispronounce it because I'm going to get canceled if I mispronounce that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I would say if we're holding Jeopardy contestants to this high standard of you should know this, uh-huh. Someone needs to talk to Joe Biden, the guy who nominated her in the first place. Remember this? And, of course, we see another first in the nomination of Katenji. Well, you saw her. Yeah, you yeah, saw, saw her. her. You know the person. That would, they would have accepted that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Supreme Court justice that cannot define what a woman is. Glass ceiling. Shards of glass everywhere. Okay. Uh, King County, Washington, Seattle. War with Christmas. Here we go. Next. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin, Dave Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. You know, sometimes it's like this surreal world we're living in. As I'm sitting here right now, and it dawns on you again, yeah, you know, it came out this week that there were eight FBI members embedded 
four in the Proud Boys and four in the Oath Keepers, before all of the January 6th hullabaloo went down. Remember when you would talk about FBI infiltrating these groups, knowing what was going to happen January 6th, even though there was no insurrection plan, it was just storming the Capitol is what they had talked about, that we know that now. Yes. And no one seems to care. No, because the left has already owned the narrative that if you have questions about that, you're just a conspiracy theorist and pro-insurrection. Except, If nothing else... It's nuts, man. If nothing else, you can just set aside the idea that the FBI had a vested interest in making sure that it went forward and that they actually pushed people to go in. Set that idea aside. Okay. And just ask the question, if they had so many informants in that crowd, why didn't they do anything to stop it? Yeah, people have brought up the fact that AOC was fearful for her life. All that trauma that you put her through that you didn't have to. Right. Oh, yeah, she she's on the record saying she thought she was going to get raped. Yes. And I'll never forget, man, watching it all go down on January 6th. And I remember texting with you guys that night mm-hmm. saying, I know this might sound nuts, but I think they wanted them to come in. Do you see the video of the cops yeah. holding the doors open? This is not an insurrection. Yeah, people got out of hand. It was crazy. It wasn't an insurrection like they said it was. And now you have the fact that you did have the FBI embedded in there. And legacy media, they're not going to touch it at all. They won't do it. Not part of the narrative. They deal in hyperbole like Monet deals in watercolors, though. (laughs) It's just everywhere, you know? I did see this story out of King County, Seattle. Um no, workspaces, you got people that'll be very offended if you have any sort of Christmas stuff, Hanukkah stuff up. Can't do it. Okay. Now, if you have uh, some pride or Black Lives Matter buttons or flags and stuff like that, that's okay. Well, that's the official state religion. Part of my point is this needs to be called a religion because that's what it is. Yeah. Whether it's BLM, it's a Marxist religion. LGBTQ, that's its own religion. There's a woke religion. Then you have to group it all together. So if you're not going to have any of the Christmas stuff, there's no crosses, there's no manger, there's no Mary, baby Jesus, none of that stuff, then no woke religious stuff either. Yeah, They'd be freaking out, shrieking over that rule. By the way, i got to get to this real quick. Lori Lightfoot running for mayor again in Chicago. If you want to know how to do an ad... You know what? We don't have time for this we right don't. now. Yeah, let's do it, though. Let's do we'll, it. We'll do, we we'll have do to it. do this. Well, now I can't wait. <laughs> oh, no. It includes a pizza delivery as yeah. part of her commercial. <laughs> it's it's so lame. <laughs> Sorry. I just hocked up a loogie laughing. Wait, what? A you know why? Delivery. Yes. Because she delivers? Be- yes. Oh, my gosh. That's the feat. We'll have the whole thing for you. I promise you. Coming up, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> Biggest story of the day, David, would be what? All right. That, that Lori Lightfoot did a commercial. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, you, just, you, can't, you can't drop that on me. I'm sorry, man. I thought we had more time. I, I want to give it its own time. Go with what the biggest story of the day is. All right. Big, hmm. 
<laughs> biggest. <laughs> yes. I like the way Lori Lightfoot's got him up his game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Biggest. If, you want, of the if day. you want the golf analogy, he's cruising the back nine with a five shot lead. He just duck hooked two out of bounds. <laughs> he, he's trying to get his. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just just what happened? He just shot it into the water. <laughs> I'm Mulligan, Mulligan. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay it off next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Oh, Jamie Markley, the Gen Action. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, I think known as America's worst mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Definitely top three. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mayor of Chicago. She's running again. Why? Because she delivers to the city of Chicago. <laughs> well, what other marketable skill does she have? It's like there's some plan B here. Well, you just don't understand it in all the oh, ways genius, she does I know. deliver. Right. Yeah, okay. So that's the new ad campaign. Rotten to the core. So you got a white dude and a black dude hanging out, and the white dude doesn't quite understand Lori Lightfoot and the genius. The black dude's going to say, well, she delivers. Okay, so if you want to know how to do a campaign ad. Oh, please. Okay. David hasn't heard it. I haven't heard it either. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you had it. No, I haven't oh. heard, heard about it, but I haven't seen it or heard it. No. Well, if any of this part doesn't translate and you want part of the video, like descriptor, I can uh-huh. give it to okay. you All by right. memory, but it goes like this. Mayor Lori Lightfoot launches a plan creating thousands. Has Lightfoot done anything? Given the mess she was dealt, Lori's delivering. Chicago's number one for corporate expansion and ranked best American city. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) I got to paint the picture. (laughs) Van Camp looked like he saw a ghost. His jaw dropped and his eyes got like saucers. Like, what? Is is there a city in Chicago that's in Florida or Texas (laughs) that they're talking about? (laughs) Chicago, Tennessee. That's what it's got to (laughs) be. Yeah, right. It goes on. She even got 5,000 new Google jobs. And she was cool during COVID. thousands of new jobs and a pepperoni told you she delivers Lori Lightfoot delivers for Chicago Woo! Oh, that is stunningly stupid it is so bad oh my gosh it, I, I don't know where to get I mean this okay, rivals well, the census cowboy okay yeah well I the census cowboy announcement was was bigger I think just because there were so many mixed stories or messages that she was trying to portray there. Because she started talking about how much she loved Batman and then says, and that's why I'm announcing the census cowboy. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. That's, that doesn't make any sense. The census cowboy was a Hall of Famer, though. <laughs> and then the census cowboy got arrested because he took his horse on the Dan Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it, the census cowboy, and I can play parts of it for you if you want, but it, it's also a visual because it was the green getup, the green yeah. cowboy hat, yeah, the, green cowboy the lime, hat, yeah. lime green, that whole thing. Yeah. When I was a kid, I loved the Batman TV show. Okay. And yeah. when 
the city of Gotham had a real difficult challenge. One of the things that the mayor there did is he called out and he sent out the distress signal to Batman. Right. So we are doing something similar for the census. The distress signal? And I'm happy to report I'm calling out the census cowboy. <laughs> I liked Batman growing yeah. up. Here's a cowboy. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Lone Ranger. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the Green Hornet. <laughs> I like baseball so much growing up, and that's why I became an accountant. Like, <laughs> It doesn't make it, it makes no sense. And then she's talking Who about job expansion. Yes. Oh, job expansion in the city of Chicago. And and this is the, the trick that she's trying to, to pull, and we've seen this from a lot of uh Democrats and, and and of course the White House itself, where people going back to the jobs they had or similar jobs that they had before these people said their jobs were not essential are being right. counted as job creation. Dude, how many massive corporations have fled the state of Illinois or are planning to in the near future? Come on. Several. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're you're just hoping that the people that will vote for you pays no attention to what's going right. on. That's your only hope. Okay. Switching to Twitter. Employees feel cursed. Who said that? Yeah. Elon Musk is uh, slashing and burning his way through the waste at Twitter. And yes. I, I like the, the term that is used is called whaling and cutting, or yes. culling, I mean. Culling, um, yeah. So the whaling part is where you give people an impossible task on a mm -hmm. very short deadline, and then you get to see who is actually stepping up to the challenge and who is being a drag on the team. And then the culling happens when you see those people who are the drag on the team, uh, you get rid of them. And now, uh, you know, Democrats want the FTC to investigate him. That's how much they see Twitter as, as crucial to their message, because they use yep. Twitter to pump out disinformation all yes. the time. And if they lose it, then their messaging is toast. Uh, anyway, CNN's Oliver Darcy says Twitter employees are freaking out because they're worried they'll get fired. And the people who've already gotten fired, well, they're the lucky ones. <laughs> Okay, roll it. Some of them feel cursed that they weren't laid off with the initial layoff uh, a couple weeks ago when Elon executed uh, mass cuts at the company. And so they're seemingly ready to just take the three months of severance and find a job elsewhere if, if they can. Um, I, I will say everyone I spoke to basically plans on leaving, but one person told me that they will stay because change comes from the inside. They explained, not the outside. <laughs> so we're supposed to have sympathy. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about <laughs> that goof nut that just frauded, you know, people out of billions of dollars with the crypto stuff. And they're saying it pales Enron and that whole scam. Do you remember when everyone lost their job at Enron years ago? Did anybody feel sorry for those people? The actual employees, don't I don't remember the media saying, you know what, these people didn't even know what was going on, well, those well, poor people. I was in Houston, so yes, I mean, I did see a lot of that, because people knew. On a national scale? Yeah, on a national scale, uh, no. probably not, no. Yeah. Well, and, and what about 100,000 uh, oil and gas workers who lost their jobs sure. in 2020? Right. Or the several or thousand. All the people, yes, the pandemic, everything yeah. else. But 
as you said, David, they help carry the message for legacy media, and now that could be all up in the air. So they're very nervous about that. I saw an interesting piece on that, too, where they talked about Elon Musk and the philosophy that some people have that 10% of the people do 100% of the work. And the the idea is to ferret out those 10% and the other 90% get out. I think I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? You're getting rid of the people that are worthless. The dead weight. Yes. Well, I I did like, because there's this thing called Mastodon that all these liberals are trying to flock to. Now, Ben Collins, he's this very, he's a Silver Spoon Trust Fund kid who Mm -hmm. is the chief disinformation reporter for NBC News. (laughs) And he put out the news that Twitter is blocking links out to Mastodon's homepage this morning. The problem is that he used the wrong URL. See, if you want to join Mastodon, it's joinmastodon.org. He was trying to tweet out joinmastodon.com. That's too good, man. That's too good. All right, switching gears. Oh, guess who is suddenly out of cash? That's right. Yeah. So California is out of cash. Remember last year, as California Governor Gavin Newsom was facing a recall election, he went out there and said the state had a record budget surplus. Yep. Yep. And I, uh, we, we debunked that at the time. But on, on paper, what he was saying appeared to be true. But th- this is his announcement as he was saying, hey, all you people who are thinking about voting in this recall election, uh, I'm about to give you money because I just recorded a record surplus. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yes. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. But I have the clip. I yeah. have the clip. Yeah, it's This guy's just going to keep falling forward, isn't he? Oh, of course he is. Yeah. He looks the part. Yep. Golly. I'm about to make an announcement no other governor in California history has ever made and I would argue no governor in American history has ever made. Uh today we're announcing a 75.7 billion dollar budget surplus. 80% of all tax filers will get a direct stimulus check, will get a direct relief payment because of this announcement. <laughs> now, obviously at the time it was a one-off. They took in a bunch of revenue from tech firms because they taxed the hell out of them and we were still in that period where because the Trump economy was dinged by the pandemic obviously but wall street was doing very very well and they wound up collecting basically a one-time payment and revenue that way they also got billions of dollars from the federal government because of stimulus packages that were passed he counted that windfall as good governance i mean this is like winning a hundred dollar scratch off and claiming you got a raise and now they're projecting a 25 billion dollar deficit next year as tax revenues decline Oh, my goodness, man. Well, well, well. And how many people will actually know? None. In California that vote for that idiot. Yeah. None, because he's a good liar. Yes. He looks the part, and he he talks about caring for people and lifting people up. And as long as you can do that and just Mm. keep talking about it, you don't have to have results. Just keep talking about it. Right. That's all a lot of those people need. Uh, Boy, oh, boy. You can't make this up. Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. Remember this guy? He's one of the Zor- uh, Zoros. Soros guys. <laughs> they, they let the criminals out. Yeah. Murder, big deal. Yep. What? Yep. 
Criminal reform. It's what we need. Well, it worked nicely. Crime went way down in Philadelphia. No, record murders. Yeah, of course. Um, well, he's been impeached. Good. Do you know why he says that is? Well, I know why he says it is, yes. <laughs> Racism! Now, how do you figure that? And I'm trying to figure out how he said that. That's the fallback. Holy smokes, man. It's because of racism. Yeah. Because he's standing up for the less fortunate. Yeah, of course. Larry. And he is being demonized what for a it. big-hearted guy Larry Krasner is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So as he, contem- he condemns the impeachment, he invokes three-fifths compromise and claimed that Republican... People in the legislature was disenfranchising black, brown, and broke voters from Philadelphia. In the hundreds of years the Commonwealth has existed, this is the only time the House has used this drastic remedy of impeachment of an elected official because they do not like their ideas. Yeah, shut up, Larry. History will harshly judge this anti-democratic authoritarian effort. Dude. I, I mean... If the goal of white supremacy is to somehow orchestrate the deaths of record numbers of black people, Larry Krasner is the is America's most prolific white supremacist. Yes, I think we brought up the point before that if you're actually a white supremacist, you want guys like this in office. No. You really do. Yeah. You want a lot of people to remain mayor in the big cities. Because more and more people of color are going to die because of them and their policies. That sounds sick, but that's the truth. If you want to do really bad things to people of color in big cities, keep electing these people. That's what we've seen happen. Yep. Some people feel like with all the problems in America, they're bigger fish to fry right now. (sighs) What about Taylor Swift tickets? Oh, God, what a debacle this is. What a disaster. What do you know about this? You've been following this a little bit, Scott. Well, a little bit. You know, well, Ticketmaster, you know, is the only large ticket dispenser now in the country. I mean, that's it. That's a monopoly. They have a monopoly on, they've cornered the market, right? Yeah. And apparently there's like QR codes and there was a credit card company involved with early ticket sales and things were crashing all over the place. Because of demand. Demand for her is incredible. Yeah, so Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they're together. Yeah, and they're together. Live Nation is done now, and it's part of Ticketmaster. They rolled it into that. And they can't handle the crush. And things were like going up in smoke. So they just suspended sales, like trying to get it together, right? And so they went to the, the election officials in Maricopa County and brought them in to help. <laughs> <laughs> two million tickets sold on Tuesday, most yeah, ever for an artist. Two million. Yeah. That's that, insane. Yeah. The chairman of Live Nation uh, said it's a function to Taylor Swift. The site was supposed to open up for 1.5 million verified Taylor Swift fans. We had 14 million hit the site, including bots. Not supposed to be there. Right. The bots are buying them up and then reselling them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got Congress people involved. Amy Klobuchar. Oh, she's going to send a sternly worded letter to Live Nation or... To Ticketmaster, oh my gosh, of everything else going on in the world. Golly. Okay. Got to get to a news update. Also, we have a special Friday 5 to set you up for. Coming up in just a few right here.
The Martin Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Mount Van Camp erupts for one minute before we set you up with the Friday Five. Well, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you about the conversation that just happened. Josh Hawley, Senator from Missouri, reads Merrick Garland, Attorney General of the Riot Act. Yep. And Scott's excited. Well, I did, because he said, hey, don't be deleting anything. We're coming after it. Major federal regulators to preserve whatever emails you had uh-huh. concerning cryptocurrency FTX. Okay, cool. We want to so, see him. So he got his stupid little speech in. The problem is... It's pointless because Josh, who controls the Senate, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, what party like actually failed to capitalize on a red wave? Yeah. Oh, 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 so so y'all failed, but you get to do your dumb little speech in front of Merrick Garland. Oh, you get to make Merrick Garland look small? That's a well, hard job. Well, hold Josh. on a second. It's not his it's not Josh's fault they lost the Senate seats and the other Nobody's still talking big. It's like it's like you, you just lost the Super Bowl, and you're like, "Hey, watch out, Patriots! We're coming for you." No, you're not. You failed. He didn't fail. He now we now this is infighting. He did his part. He did do his part. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's frustrating right now. It is. If for no other reason, just to hear him grill Merrick Garland for I the entertainment purpose. I don't care. It doesn't I do, do anything. I will hear it. All right, both of you, calm down. We got a Friday five to get to. David had an idea yesterday, Thanksgiving. You know what we've never done? Songs with desserts in them. But we limited it to four. Oh. It's got to have pie in it, cake, ice cream, or candy. Yes. It's got to have one of those four. Candy, ice cream, cake, or pie Pie. in the title of the song. This is a fun list. Wow. Think about what would you have in your top five. The number is 210-619-2053. And we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. How I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's that time of the week. It's Friday. Yeah. We do our countdown, our Friday five. It always starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f out of here, all right? The Friday five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Friday five is when we take a little break and do. Have some fun. Do a countdown. It's the last Friday before Thanksgiving. David had a great idea. How about dessert songs? Wow, how are we going to do this? So we put pie songs in there, cake songs, candy songs, and ice cream. Only those four, though. How how many other desserts are there? Pudding. But there aren't any songs with pudding in it. You want to do top five pudding songs? No. All right. I don't think I'd come up with one pudding song. <laughs> so these are our dessert songs. Yeah. There's some great songs. This five is solid. Yeah. And there might be a few arguments here and there. But it's a lot of fun. Well, I think there's two songs in this five that 
Well, Scott really doesn't like. There's one in particular. He can't stand it. Says it's a garbage song. I did? Yes. Okay. Less than 24 hours ago. All right. Now, the number is 210-619-2053. As always, this is how we rank it. How big a hit was it or how iconic is the song? Does it stand the test of time? And how much do you personally like it? Mm-hmm. Put it all together, and here we go, David. Who's up first? Uh, as I've stated before, I'm in a mood today, and that's why I'm very pleased to announce first up is our buddy Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. Oh, happy Friday, brothers. Oh, yeah. Johnny. Johnny. Thanks for checking yeah, in, man. man. First caller, man. It's a freaking honor. You know, I need to get a plaque or something. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, you know, hey, you guys, how you doing? You know, I, I was out riding my bike yesterday, having a nice cruise, man. And I just put my shades down. I thought to myself, coal fire, electric gun, man. So smooth. <laughs> but anyway, I just tell you about my ride. I, I do want to say I'm kind of sad to see Nancy Pelosi doing. You know, she kind of plays into my song that I'm going to suggest, but I'll tell you about that. I was always hoping she might have a little slip and whip uh, saddlebag out on us, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I'm afraid those things probably turned into hardtack by now. But <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and, and say uh, for the first pick, I'm going to go. I want candy. But well, well, well. There you <laughs> go. Good job. Number three. Guess he's going to have to take it up with Johnny. <laughs> Mr. Robbins. Yeah. You said this is a garbage song. Yeah, it's not a great song. It's a great I know song, you like, man. I know you guys like it, but uh, I played it. I didn't want to hear the played it. Well, I mean, I, I listened to it. Yeah. It was all over MTV. This was yeah. before David was born. There was a hit. Well, that was a hit before Bow Wow Wow. Yeah. And then somebody else had a hit after uh, Aaron Bow Wow Carter, Wow? I think, had a hit. R.I.P. Well, I mean, so as far as a hit goes, you'd have to say at least an eight. I asked David test the time. You were saying eight or nine? Yeah, and nine, I, dude. I mean, it, it, it I don't hear used, it like he hears it, I guess. I mean, it I gets used in imaging yeah. for commercials a lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's around. That's okay. I mean, that's that's why we do this show, right? I mean, nobody has the same amount of musical tastes. Yes, I and, you, but, and you hate it. You can't yeah. stand it. I'm not. It's like, not one of my favorite songs. I, I, how many times can you rehash Bo Diddley? I don't know. I, it's just, uh, do you like it or not? George it's Michael fun. did it. They did it. Bo Diddley's done it himself because he <laughs> he penned it. He made it. Wow, there's a lot of strong opinions today. A lot of irritation in the show. But have you heard our the Thanksgiving get together for desserts? The Gordon Lightfoot version of "I Want Candy" yeah. <laughs> or of Bo Diddley. <laughs> All right, David, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey guys, love your show. I'm glad you chose dessert this week for your Friday Five because it gives me the opportunity to use the original transgender pronoun slash utensil, the spork. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right. Very good. I'll use it to eat my cherry pie by warrant. Oh, yeah. Number four. She's my cherry pie. The fact you have a little bit of affection for cherry pie. Yeah, it was fun. You play that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Top 40 radio. 
played it in rock radio. Yep. We certainly did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> David is shaking his head no. That is just a terrible song. Why do you hate fun? I, I don't hate fun. I just think, you know. That's fun. It's it was a it was a monster. Do you know the story behind that song? <laughs> I mentioned it's very short. Yeah, they just needed a hit. Mm. Yeah, the album was done, and the label's like, we need a hit, man. And Janie Lane went and wrote that song in like fifteen minutes. Really? Yes. And, Boy, it's and, hard to believe that was created in fifteen minutes. <laughs> and and that was one of the songs that he said it killed our career. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It kind of did. But it's a fun song. It, that's why the test oh, of was, time yeah, it was, is what it is. For its time, MTV yes. was blasting the hell out of it. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, we played it. It's you just interesting it. to me that you put that up on your like list, but I Want Candy, you say, is garbage. Yeah, and I'm not. It's interesting. I Want Candy. No. Okay, who's next, David? Let's talk to Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. You know, Warren's Cherry Pie, when you're 20 years old and you've got a girl in the car next to you, that's the best yeah. song to be playing. <laughs> Or the worst, one of the two. <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking like he's saying it worked for him very well, Scott. Don't get in the way of his old dreams, okay? <laughs> there you go. Well, it's like being 18 years old, driving around, listening to 17 by Winger. It's okay then, but when you're 52 and you're yeah, driving yeah. by high school, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Van Halen and Ice Cream Man. Well, you're going to have a great week, and I'll tell you that, yeah. Number one. Come on. It's It's iconic. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Does everyone agree that's fun? Oh, I like that song. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that never really went away. No. Wow. You know, out part of the week with COVID, there was a deep Van Halen dive on YouTube that I went down the other day. Dude was talking about the greatest Van Halen songs of all time and the production of it. it. I was geeking out. It was a lot of fun. And now on with the countdown. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's dessert songs for the Friday Five. It's got to have pie, cake, ice cream, or candy in it. Who's next? Let's talk to Uncle Schultz in Gresham. Hey, Uncle Schultz. Hey, gentlemen. The other day, I drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Mm. Now, the good old boys may have had their whiskey and rye, but no matter. I had my two 40-ounce ice-cold bottles of old English 800. There you so I'm go. go so I'm going to go with the musical stylings of Don McLean and American Pie. Ah, yes. Number two. We started singing bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And good old boys been making whiskey and rye. Singing, this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Do you remember Madonna's awful cover of that? I, I never, I never, I don't think I've ever heard Madonna's cover of American Pie. I'm, and I don't know if I ever want to. Oh yeah, man, it Ugh. it stiffed. That was released as a single. It totally stiffed. It was like one of her first songs that she released that did not do very well. Hmm. Yeah, that was bad news, man. Wow. You know how that will stick with you though? You'll hear a song and you'll be like, oh man, that one bad version of that. 
<laughs> you still think of it? Did Tesla cover that, too? If they would have done a better job than Madonna. Okay, well, yeah. Are you ripping on Tesla? No. Why are you picking fights today? I No, I think they're the greatest bar band in America. I do. Yeah. It's no Madonna. I'm surprised you didn't play that at your crap 40 radio station. I was already out of it by then. Okay. All right. Crap 40. <laughs> well, you. How many Madonna records did you play? Oh, jeez. I'll bet you played 25. I don't know about 25, but I know at least 15 anyway. Okay. I might have to do this before the end of this show. All right. So we got dessert songs for the Friday Five. We've already got number one, two, three, and four. The question is, will anybody get number five? It was a huge hit. Uh, Pretty good test of time, too. Yeah, you don't hear it that often. But whenever it gets played, Robbins is going to do his imitation of the artist. I don't really do it all that well. You you don't want to miss it. The number is 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five, and we'll wrap it up next. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we got a news update to get to. And then Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. But we got to finish up the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. And today, because Thanksgiving's coming up, Van Camp said we should do dessert songs. Yeah. So it's songs with ice cream, pie, cake, or candy in the title. And that's your number one, Ice Cream Man from Van Allen. American Pie from Don McLean, number two. Wow, wow, wow. I want candy at three. Cherry pie from the Warren at four. We're still looking for number five. We've had some great honorable mentions, too. The number is 210-619-2053. And who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Mick in Michigan. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Hey, Mick. Happy Friday, Mick. Thanks for checking in. What you got? Oh, my pleasure. Hey, now that Nancy Pelosi's retired, she and Paul can stay home and get hammered together. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Too soon? Too yeah, soon? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Perfect. Okay, uh, how about uh, Rock Candy by Montrose? Yes. Yeah, man. Great. I thought it was hot, but David, I think it's right. It's hard, sweet, and sticky. I don't like that. I like hot better. (laughs) I do, too. But that makes less sense if you're talking about rock candy. Rock candy. Rock candy's not hot. I'm not thinking about the actual I was thinking it was metaphorically speaking. But but the metaphor doesn't work, and I, I just don't believe that Montrose would mix up a metaphor like that. That is poetry, as you say. You know, that came out of Sammy's spiral notebook. That one did. <laughs> Are you saying that he's not a lyrical genius? No, when Sam. Well, stuff? Sam is. He does tend to go that way when he write when he writes lyrics. Is there something wrong with that? Not, not from as far as I'm concerned. No, All right, just checking. My right. fists are in the air. Who's next? 
Let's talk. <laughs> Never Stop mind. I'm not it. touching it. All right. You wanted to. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk to Nick in Washington. Hey, Nick. Howdy, fellas. Happy Friday. Thanks, Happy Nick. Friday, Nick. Um, you know, when I make a cake, I don't, I don't even mess with the mixer. I go straight for the drill because the best cake is pound cake by Van Halen. Yes, it freaking is, Speaking bro. of Sammy Hagar yes. lyrics. Yes. Again, poetry. Know that. Sometimes I think David can sell it a little short. You know. Okay, homegrown and down home. Uh-huh. That's the one. Cooking with that old time long lost recipe. Okay? But you get that, right? Yeah, of course I do. You know. Let me get on some of that. Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I want some of that. Yes. yes. Pound cake, right? Yeah. Real fine pound cake. Yeah, real yes. fine. Is there any other kind? <laughs> yeah, you don't want that middle-of-the-road <laughs> mediocre no pound, pound cake, cake no. okay? Well, I think it's also a song of monogamy. <laughs> I'm not even joking about that part. Okay, all right. Do you want me to... No, Make that I'm argument? Sure, no, oh, yeah. Sure he's, not, he's not chasing Little Debbie's. He wants that down-home, homegrown, homegrown pound cake. Pound cake. Oh, so he it must says, be the one at home, right? The lyric, I've been out there. I tried a little bit of everything. But it's all sex without love. I found the real thing is pound with cake. With you, pound cake. There you go. It's poetry. Professionally known as pound cake. <laughs> that's, uh, yes, indeed. That's, that's why I call Very my wife pound cake. <laughs> I love Sammy. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> What a great song. Okay, we still like we still need number five. Yeah. For dessert songs. Who's next? Uh we got Denise in Pekin, Illinois. Hi there. How are you guys? Denise. Good. Thanks for checking in. <laughs> not a problem. What are you thinking for a dessert I'm song? I got Candy Man in uh Jamie Davis. Oh and my he- goodness. Great job. Oh, number man. five. Who can take a sunrise? Hi, Robin. Fabulous. Good stuff, man. Come here, right. Frank, sing with me. So that's all the five. Do we yeah. have any other? Should we? Can, can, can we get the lead out here? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. But yes. Opening track, Physical Graffiti. Come on, custom yes. pie. Yeah, I yeah. like how we're integrating Sammy Hagar for lyrics. Of your custard pie. Well, you know, so, first, so highbrow. Well, I mean, listen. Robert Plant was a fan of custard pie. And he wanted to just chew on a piece of it. Okay. And he was looking up the window at the custard right. pie and he said, drop down. Yes. <laughs> so that's why he said, my mama, allow me to fool around all night long. Well, with that custard pie, he likes the he gets he gets a sugar high and he fools around a lot all night long after yeah. eating the, a piece of that custard pie. custard pie. 
Okay. Oh, that's the one that Robin's had. It's a huge record. Yeah. Yeah. Just Okay. And that's your Friday Five. And this is the Markley Band Camp and Robin Show. Watch the clock. David, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day. uh, Well, I guess now is that Merrick Garland, the head of the Department of Justice, is announcing today another special counsel investigating Donald Trump. Here no, we really? go. All right. Are you serious? I'm oh, serious. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else going on in the world. We're going to have another special counsel to go after Donald Trump. Okay. Wow, man. All right, we'll digest that. Has he actually been out there to speak yet? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be apparently naming the person. Okay. All Jack right. Smith. Somebody named Jack Smith. All right, we'll get to that. And the Robins top three of the day, the trifecta, next. David Van Gant, Scott Robbins. Okay, before we get to the Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Um, David, news update, Merrick Garland. The president has uh, made clear that we are uh, in a, a, a question of How long did this take? He's a bit of a stutterer, isn't he, Merrick Garland? Yeah. Attorney General announced that, yes, there has been another special counsel appointed to investigate Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, you got all these elections going on, and you, well, you got the campaign underway, and you wouldn't want anything to look improper, right? <laughs> Whatever. Huh. This okay. is why I laugh when Republicans came out earlier this week in the House of Representatives. They came out this week and said, yeah, we're going to be investigating Hunter Biden and his dealings with his uh, crackhead son and bagman brother. Uh, when it comes to business deals all over the world. I laugh when media starts melting down. Dude, the American people are tired of investigations. Dude, you got like 50-something investigations going on into Donald Trump right now. Give me a freaking break. It's, I mean, it's so tiring. <laughs> it is. It, and honestly, to me, it's infuriating. I'm trying not to get triggered uh, by it, you know. Um, we will, uh, uh, the, uh, the department... Uh, yeah, whatever, dude. You're a disgrace to the position. Don't we have a big uh, crypto disaster that's taking place right now? Yeah. That maybe would pique Merrick Garland's interest? i just asking. Oh, well, I'm not married. I'm serious. You're acting like he actually takes that position seriously imagine that here's the deal man here's the tinfoil hat they want trump to run yeah what happens with so many voters on the republican side when a story like this happens you get ticked off yeah and you're like what are you talking about with mar-a-lago he had keepsakes wasn't russian secrets that he was keeping stashed at Mar-a-Lago for crying out loud? What is this all about? They're railroading this guy, and it ticks you off. Yeah. And it makes you want to make go, him go run and win. 
That's what they want. Yeah. They're way more afraid of DeSantis than they are Trump. That's my opinion. Yeah, oh, I'm, yes. Yes. They know Trump can't win Today, in general yes. anymore. I mean, the game's already cooked. But it, it just goes on and on and on. My gosh. And, it, and this is the part we're all in right now. It's just going to take a while. Because you know, heading into the midterms, you had this sense of hope that things are turning around. You get the Senate, you get the House, and you can hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. But halfway now, now not so much. And so it is, man. It knocks you down for a little while. You just got to keep getting back up. And here I am with a freaking pep talk right now, but it's true. You know, it's just going to take a while. I think they need to hear from you in a huddle. See, how would I do that? Mm-hmm. Take uh, take notes from the master, I suppose. Yeah. You... Um, we will. Uh, 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 the department will. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, no. Man's man. Leader of men. Yeah, well, I, w- I will say this, man. To next time that there is a Republican uh, president, remember that that little stuttering puddle of goo is outplaying every Republican president in my lifetime when it comes to settling scores. He's just doing what he's told. But he's doing it. That's my point. He's actually doing it. He's not worried about. Well, 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 what, what will people think of me if I do that? <laughs> I don't know. Doing. He's a nervous wreck. See, now well, we got more infighting on whether or not this guy's a man's man or not. Oh, I don't think he is. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> well, you mean, that hold guy's him actually doing it. Yes, well, I mean, Eric Holder did it. You know, is it, they just take their marching orders. It's not really the AG as it's supposed to be. It's just doing whatever that president tells him to do. It is. It's frustrating. Well, I, uh, I know. Are you ready for your three? Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. this. <laughs> Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, the trifecta. Every day at this time, always talking by his... Top 40 hero is hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Okay, I think he's all ready to go. I'm ready. Yeah. Good. Three. Number three, uh, CNN has issued edicts for the network's New Year's Eve coverage. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, And one less reason to watch it, but uh, the uh, new network CEO, what's that guy's name? Chris Licht. Chris Licht, yeah. Yeah. He informed everybody in a big meeting the other day at CNN, hey, Hey, listen, I'm done with you knuckleheads getting hammered on the air on New Year's Eve. Got it? Lemon, I'm looking at you. So he told him, no more boozing. No more boozing. If you're going to do this coverage, you're not going to get hammered on the air again. Because Here's the reason why. Because we lose credibility. <laughs> I remember when that actually was a point that was being made. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was true. Because CNN loses credibility. <laughs> Dude, that's the only reason I'd watch him is to see him hammered on the air. Dude, that's it, it. it actually is insane though to see like there was that one year oh, yeah. years ago where they in Nashville maybe Don Lemon, yeah. got his ear pierced. Yes, yeah, on TV because he's hammered. He's hammered, and the whole time Kathy Griffin's over there trying to convince him to get his nipple pierced. Yes, right. on on live TV. Yes, and then a few hours later, Don Lemon is like doing soul searching on the air. Just he reached that level of drunkenness where he's like. 
my next year I, I'm gonna I'm gonna really get after it and get yeah. my life in order and all of this. I mean, it's sad. Yeah, he was that guy that sits next to you at closing time and starts weeping. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you hate the weeper. My, my, my kids and my wife and I lost my job. And, uh, <laughs> go, 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 go. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I got no time Scott for that. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. We're getting closer and closer to number one. I know. Two. So Nancy Pelosi is stepping down from her leadership position in the House of Representatives. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And, and people are reacting to it, and it's rather funny and, and over the top. Yeah, one of her, uh, one of her uh, I guess fangirl would be the proper word here. Uh, put out a tweet the other day and said, describe Nancy Pelosi. This was at Nathalie Jacoby. Describe her in one word. Now, you got your classy queen, diva, leader, patriot, fierce, all that nonsense. But you also got some other good ones, like senile. You only get one word, so you got to describe her in one word. Yeah. But that's senile. Saggy, which is one of my favorites. (laughs) Hammered, good one embalmed that's another one i liked and my favorite of all so far to describe nancy pelosi in one word crypt keeper keeper <laughs> david do you still have the audio from yesterday <laughs> when it was andrea mitchell oh gosh yeah. oh man if it's no big deal fawning, if you don't have it, I'm over her. i might hold on a second andrea. she was trying to talk about all the accomplishments and she came yeah. up with two yeah posted as three well and she it, repeated one yeah it it was that uh, she wore a white pantsuit and yeah. ripped up Donald Trump's State Trump. of the Union address. <laughs> yes. The way she ripped it up, it was just incredible. Well, there's How another one I it. might mention here Antiqua. Jeez. Okay. Which I'd like to. All right, we can move on. Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. And already up to number one. Yeah. Uh, number one. Story of the day, too. Yeah. Number one, guess what account is back on Twitter now? It's kind of the one that actually inspired Elon Musk yes, to buy Twitter. Yes, this is the same publication who announced last year that their man of the year was Rachel Levine. Yes, friends, the Babylon Bee is back! Wow! Yes! Yes! Holy smokes! That alone is worth $44 billion. <laughs> that, that by itself is worth $44 billion. Now, the meltdown's going to start. You know that in like 3, 2, 1, right? I think it's been going on. The liberal meltdowns, uh, it's, it's going to happen. But yeah, the B announced they're back, and they're back with ferocity now. Back on Twitter. Well, that was the funniest part, too, the whole Rachel Levine thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Of what they had in that tweet. And it's satire, but at the same time, it was deemed what? Hateful? Hate, hate speech. Yeah. And they said, if you remove it, we'll let you back on. They wouldn't do it. And the guys at the B were like, go pound sand. We're not doing that. And they didn't. No. No, they did not. And I'm glad they didn't. And, and there you have it. And there you have Taylor it. Taylor Lorenz on line one, by the way. To meltdown. Oh, jeez. Who cares? <laughs> My goodness. And that is the trifecta. Yeah. Okay. Something else just to throw out there. Um, so we're heading into Thanksgiving next week. Hanging out with family, and then it's all the holiday stuff. So people are planning on gaining five and a half pounds. Holy cow. Between now and January 1st. No kidding. Damn. Holy cow, you're surprised by that? I'm a little bit. That seems like a lot, but maybe not. I don't know. There used to be a lot more stuff at work. I don't know if there's as much stuff as there used to be at work. Like somebody would bring in like cookies of 
in a tray like every day or yeah when you think about it man since covid we haven't seen no not as much as much does that sound about right to you david five and a half pounds yeah i think so if you're going to scott has a point i I think in the last couple of years especially in some circles the holiday get-togethers yeah have have kind of tapered off a little bit so maybe that's Mm -hmm. Not as true, but it doesn't really surprise me. You eat a lot on Thanksgiving. You're home a little bit more. You're kind of grazing a little bit more. I guess between that Thanksgiving and Christmas period there, too. Yeah, and in some circles, again, you may be drinking more, and there's a lot of calories in every alcoholic drink that you consume. So, Yeah. One other quick news thing, and it's it's more from the entertainment world, but I found this interesting because it's something we've all talked about before. If you knew, or if you could know, that you were going to get Alzheimer's, would you want to know? No. And you've always said, Scott, no, you would I not want to know. know. No. I would. Would you want to know? Yeah, absolutely. Chris Hemsworth knows that he has a greater chance to develop Alzheimer's. And this is really interesting. Why do you look so nervous when I bring this up? I, I'm not. I just, I just one of those things. I'm not, I would not be comfortable knowing, no. You don't look like you're even comfortable talking about this. Uh, it's fine, Chris Hemsworth. That's fine. Okay. Did you see the look on Robin's face? Thank I know. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It is. He got spooked. It's just a little bizarre. Yeah. Well, he, he's been told by a doctor he has two copies of a gene, which is linked to the disease. Oh, so he did this interview with Variety, saying my concern was I just didn't want to manipulate it and over dramatize it. Um, you know, but he did this docu series, Limitless. And he's saying, I'm not trying to go for any sort of grab. You know, it's not like I've been handed my resignation. But there's just been an an intensity to navigating it. Most of us avoid speaking about death in the hope that we'll somehow avoid it. Then to be told some big indicators are pointing to this as the route which it's going to happen, the reality of it sinks in. Because if you have those copies, you find out you're 8 to 10 times more likely to get Alzheimer's than the average person. Mm. Wow. Yes. Well, you can get tested for it to see if you're carrying these genes, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much that costs. It's not a part of this story. I don't have a history of it in my family. But, I mean, yeah, I think I would want to know that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, both my grandmothers were pretty sharp until they died. I want to know so I know when I can start planning my presidential run. (laughs) <laughs> well, you have to change party affiliation if you want to do that. The look on David's face, I'm like, is this going to be heartfelt? No freaking way. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of Friday, my friend. <laughs> if he wins, he won't know it. <sighs> All right, we got to get to another news update. Oh, and Nimrod's of the news. It's a fun one today. Straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Robbins in the trifecta, you had the Babylon Bee back on Twitter. Yes, sir. So is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And Kathy Griffin. Really? By the way. (laughs) She should be. So Elon Musk was also asked, or I'm sorry, he asked, what else should I do with Twitter? What should I do next? And someone said, uh, bring back Alex Jones. And he just responded, no. (laughs) 
Well, did you see that some one of these like immature babies, uh, I guess, took over this display marquee at Twitter's headquarters and was just calling Elon Musk all sorts of names. So if you're walking by the building, you just see this scroll of Elon Musk is a dictating, loving, blah, 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 blah. I mean, all this stuff. These people actually believe they're entitled to work for this company. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. Because no it one is. has ever told them how the real world works. No. Sometimes there's almost jokes that people make about people that don't understand the real world. But to actually see this play out at Twitter, this is really the example. I mean, just sort of this expectation that, hey, well, I, I work here. Okay. I mean, you got to follow by our rules. We all work here. No, that's not the way it works when someone else comes in and takes over ownership. You have no idea. And it is sort of like the first time ever being told no in your life. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable to see. And I think we're going to enjoy a good part of that in the coming weeks. All right, we got to get the Nimrods. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, we start in New York City. So we got an Amazon delivery driver. Happens to be female. Delivering packages. Now, this is back late October. Um, While she's at this home... Uh, she stole several packages that had been previously delivered. Mm-hmm. And they said, may have gotten away with it, but she was caught red-handed on the family's doorbell surveillance camera. So she opened the stolen packages in her truck and saw they were dresses for a wedding. So she drove down to the shop where they were purchased from, returned them, and was given a digital gift card. The homeowner said, well, even though you know we didn't have the dresses, the wedding still went off without a hitch. But Amazon identified the driver, fired her. Rep says they're working with police who are still investigating. Wow, man. He also reached out to the homeowner and said, well, we'll make this right. So don't you just picture this person in wedding dresses? No, I will spoil your wedding. You're not getting married. <laughs> Some bitter, bitter person? Who knows? Just got back from the DNC. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Twitter, yeah, uh, someone else has been reinstated. An astronomer allegedly got banned, and maybe you heard about this, because her meteor video was somehow mistaken for porn. <laughs> it wasn't porn. What was the meteor doing? <laughs> well, you have to look that up. Good luck to you. And that's Nemrod's in the news.